0: Hi, everyone. This is Casey Kellum and Greta Vector with Pep Talks, People Empowering People, where we interview everyday people who share their not-so-everyday stories of resiliency. We hope you are inspired and empowered to overcome your challenges in life after hearing their story of resiliency. Pep Talks is brought to you by Mind Over Matter Books at mindovermatterbooks.com. Books Books that inspire children and adults to overcome their adversity through resiliency tools. All right, so I'm back here with Greta Fector. Greta is a dear friend of mine for the last three years as we both learned to become yoga instructors together. She is the mother of three boys in first, sixth, In ninth grade, married to Kevin for 19 years and taught in the Cleveland City Schools for 21 years, which is quite an accomplishment. Now, Greta spends her time teaching yoga at studios, doing private lessons and teaching at the Olmstead Township Fire Department, helping firemen learn skills to cope with the trauma that comes with their demanding jobs. I am looking so forward to you learning more about my dear friend, Greta Vector. Hey, thanks, Casey. It's so good to have you here. And it's so good to have you helping make this podcast a wonderful tool to help people get through their adversity. You know, I just had reached out to Greta to help me with this like a couple weeks ago, and she is in full force. So Let's do you.
1: this. It's
0: fun. I love it. I love you. Yay. I love you too, Case. So, you know, everybody has a story, and Greta's here to tell her story of resiliency. And I spoke last week about the five tools for resiliency believe, love, laugh, relax, and dream. And Greta, I'm wondering which one of those tools speaks to you the most when it comes to being resilient?
1: Ooh. That's a good question, Case. Thank you. You're
0: welcome. You're
1: good like that. (laughs) Um, I would probably say believe is the one that has shown up more times in my life than the others. Um, I definitely believe that I can accomplish anything that I set my mind to and that my life is mine to control. So believe is definitely a driving force in my
0: life. Oh, and it's mine too. I know it is. So let me ask you this. How do you think that the darkest times or obstacles shaped you into the person that you are today?
1: Oh my gosh, that's a loaded question, Casey. Um, well, I know that the people who know me and don't necessarily know my backstory have this preconceived notion of who I am and where I've come from just upon Looking at me or coming into contact with me. I used to talk to my kids a lot about this when I was teaching. And I know that, you know, they would walk into my classroom and see this little five foot two blonde, you know, athletic girl at the front of the class and they'd go, oh, hmm you know, she had this really easy life and she came from this great home and she had two loving parents and blah, 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 you know, all the normal backstory that you create about people in your minds. And then they'd get to know me and they'd be like, oh, yeah, that's not who she is at all. So um, I didn't really grow up in the easiest of childhoods. Uh, My parents got divorced when I was five and I had a very interesting relationship with my father and his side of the family and decided at age 14 that I no longer wanted them in my life. Um, My father was addicted to alcohol and drugs and various other things I'm sure that I didn't even know about at the time and was selling them out of our house. And I mean, that took precedence in his life over me. And I'm an only child. I am the daughter that he really didn't want. He wanted a son. Um, So I know that I was not a priority in his life. And when faced with that question, because I'm a pretty bold person and I know what I want out of life, and I knew that this wasn't a way that a daughter should be treated by a father, and I confronted him and I was like, look... um, if I'm important to you, and if I'm important in your life, then you need to make a choice. And if it's not me, then I need to go because this is not healthy. And this is not good for me. And I deserve better. So we sat in a counselor's office, and he made me a lot of empty promises, which I found out later were just that, and that they were not true. And he... um he and I got into a disagreement one time and he uh he got very angry with me and was doing a lot of screaming and yelling and eventually I reached for the phone because I was going to call my mom to come and get me and he instead of handing me the phone went to wrap the phone cord around my neck. So that was the final straw for me and i knew that this was not a relationship that i needed in my life so when your own father does something like that it kind of messes with your mind like i said i know that i deserved a better life and he was definitely not going to be a part of it and i had to take and come to terms with that fact which was hard for you know a teenager i was a freshman in high school and, you know, I would go over to friends' houses, and I'd see, you know, their parents, whether they were together or not, you know. But I knew what normal father-daughter or father-son relationships looked like, and I definitely didn't have one of those.
0: Wow. Wow. That had to be a, a difficult story to share with us, I'm sure. That no, it's had... just one of many.
1: But that was that's a major one that definitely influenced my life and took my life for a major
0: turn. Well, it's traumatic when you're experiencing something like that, that violence with an adult that's very traumatic and hard to heal from. Not only an adult, like this
1: is supposed to be the person, one of the two people that are on your side, no matter what, like you're supposed to be able to trust your parents with anything and everything. And fortunate for me, I had a mom who was brave enough and had enough courage to get the two of us out of this awful situation. Um, So kudos to her for just having the balls, for lack of a better word, to,
0: you know, make that happen for us. Wow. You were blessed to have a strong mother who knew what was right. That must have been where you got your insight from, as you said earlier that you knew you didn't want this. This wasn't This wasn't healthy. You had seen what others had. You knew that what you had was not right, and you wanted better and you wanted more. So for you to make a decision at the age of 14... That you're not going to be in this unhealthy relationship is really courageous because people don't generally do that. The kids don't stand up for themselves in that manner. They're scared.
1: Absolutely, and I was scared too. I just knew it was the right thing to do, and I lost an entire half of my family because I had aunts and uncles and nieces and um, cousins. I didn't have nieces. I had cousins. Um, and grandparents, both of my grandparents were still alive at the time. And I tried to sit down and talk to them about why I made the decision I made and how difficult it was and that I was still open to having them in my life.
0: And they didn't want to hear it at all. Wow. And and heartbreaking that you not only lost that fam part of your family, but that you were kind of going through this semi alone, at least as a kid. You didn't have other siblings. No. Like, I've always had my three siblings to bounce a lot of our story around with and very grateful to have that support. But here you are, a 14-year-old kid, well, for 14 years, going through this, kind of alone, but thankfully with your mother's support.
1: Absolutely. And- I couldn't have done it without her. You know, I told her what happened and she was like, right, it's your decision to make. And my mom has always been that kind of person to give me the autonomy to make both good and bad decisions in my life, which everybody makes, you know, good and bad decisions. So um, fortunate for me that I had her on my side.
0: Very blessed. It is so important to have that one loving relationship. You know, even if you have a small family, just one support makes a huge difference when you're going through such traumatic adversity. So in a sense, you had a a huge blessing out of this awful relationship with your father. You had this wonderful relationship with your mother. And she's still alive. She is. And
1: it wasn't always so wonderful. When I was a teenager, I was pretty rotten because I was confused and I didn't know what was going on. And I was hurt and I was angry. And of course, you know, when I'm not going over there, um, I'm unfortunately taking it out on my mother. So kudos to her for sticking by me, because I was not the easiest of teenagers, that's for sure. But she like I said, she just hung in there and she knew that I was going to get through it and that I was going to come out smelling like roses on the other end, which I did.
0: So good for you. And I'm glad that your mother and you have a great relationship now and have had since you've been an adult. You're very, you're very blessed. I
1: 100% agree. And when you talk about small families, like I really think that I come from the smallest family on the planet to begin with. And then you chop off half of my family and it just got incredibly smaller. So I have my mom and I have my three uncles and I have a couple of cousins that I don't see very often, but that's kind of it.
0: Wow. Oh, that's so for me.
1: Well, but don't let it because for me, friends are the family that you choose. So I have a ton of wonderful, you know, both guys and girlfriends uh, in my life that I have chosen to be such an incredible part of my life because my family is so small, not to say that if my family was big, I couldn't have all these people, but I think they mean just a
0: little bit more to me. I get it. I get it. They're the family you get to pick. Exactly. I, I respect that and understand that. And you're definitely blessed. I know you're surrounded with a lot of love and that's huge in getting through difficult times. So I applaud you and I'm glad that you are surrounded with good people in your life and that you had that bold courage to walk away from a toxic relationship. At such a young age,
1: I feel like that could be the title of a book that I could write because I tend to not put up with nonsense or fake people or toxic people. I am the first one to go. This isn't for me, and I need to go. So maybe, maybe you've just given me the title to my bestseller.
0: Uh, and and so that probably explains why you walked out of uh, teaching and. In- Cleveland City Schools after 21 years.
1: Uh, Absolutely. It just wasn't for me. And the school system that I worked in definitely didn't have, they didn't put children first, which... When I show up in my classroom, showed up in my classroom every day, that was my goal. I was there for those kids. I wasn't there to teach to the test. I wasn't there to get the numbers and the stats up for the school. I was there for my kids. And if they came in and they had a crappy day and they wanted to talk about it, then we were going to talk about it.
0: Thank you for being there for the children. So important as a teacher. You had you had what it took to be a great quality teacher for those kids, which is why it was
1: so hard for me to make the decision to step away because I knew that I was taking that from them. So I had to kind of grapple with that. But in the end, I had to do what was best for myself and for my husband and for our family. You know, our kids were suffering because I would come home just completely depleted at the end of the day and I wasn't showing up for my family in a way that I knew that I should be. So that was the ultimate, you know, straw that broke the camel's back. Like that was, that was the thing that made my decision kind of easier to walk away from.
0: Well, good for you. And that's hard to do to be able to walk away from something toxic or something that's not serving you. It takes so much courage to be able to say, this isn't working. I recognize that I'm not the best version of me because of this. And I have to make a change, and I applaud you for that and it probably explains why you picked up yoga and wanted to become a yoga instructor. I mean, is that one of the ways you relax and and deal with the the stressors of life?
1: Oh, it definitely is I'll never forget uh Kevin, my husband is not the best at surprising people with things, so he's getting better. I must admit, but we were laying in bed one night, and he Uh, right before Christmas. And he asked me a question about had I thought about being a yoga teacher or taking yoga teacher training, and I was totally floored. It was like he had mentioned it out of nowhere. I'd never brought it up in conversation. It was never something that had even crossed my mind. And I sat there with it. And I was like, "Ooh, I don't, I don't know. He's like, well, it just seems like a really normal fit, because you get out a lot out of yoga and you're a teacher by trade. So marrying the two together, just he goes, it just makes sense to me. And I go, huh? I don't know. Let me think about it. And that's how I ended up in yoga teacher training with you, which is where we met back in 2017. Um, Because he saw something in me in my life that made sense to him that I hadn't even it hadn't even crossed my
0: radar. Very insightful. He's a good guy. He's a keeper. He really is. Kevin, we love you. Yay. That was very insightful. So, how long had you been practicing yoga and Uh, where and how were you doing it?
1: um, Well, the girl who used to live behind me, her name is Brooke. Brooke and I collectively at the time had, I think, six kids. And we just needed a break from the norm. So we were like, ooh, what can we do? How can we get out of the house and do something healthy for our bodies and our minds? So we started going to some yoga classes, which is kind of funny because we'd get like little Groupons and we'd go here, there and everywhere. And then sometimes we'd end up – this will date me um, – sometimes we'd end up at friendlies afterwards and have Sundays or big, you know, breakfasts or whatever – Um, So it definitely wasn't the healthiest start to uh, my yoga journey, but it's honest. And that's who I am. I'm a lot of people have called me honest to a fault. So I'm definitely uh, an authentic person, which you see is what you get. So we started doing that as often as we could. And again, with six kids, things would always come up. Um, And then I just started practicing more regularly and then eventually took yoga teacher training back in 17. And then it just kind of spiraled and grew from there.
0: That is wonderful. I love it. I love how you (laughs) coupled friendlies and yoga. It's not like, it's a like the Reese Cup. No, it think... was the whole Sunday. It was the Reese Cup Sunday. It's <laughs> fabulous. I've never heard... yeah, we did yoga and then we went to Friendly, you know, for the grand breakfast. We and, had to you know... <laughs> stretch out
1: that mommy time. It was just a good way to do it. And then we'd like drive around the neighborhood and sit on a couple streets over and talk and sing and just, you know, get a break from our norm, which was talking to small people, which they're not the best conversationalists sometimes.
0: Well, and you have to take care of you before you take care of others. You have to put on that oxygen mask so... If you don't want to be depleting yourself at home with three kids running around, you need to come back refreshed and have had, you know, genuine adult conversations and feel valued out there in the adult world. Absolutely. Awesome. Good for you. and I know another thing that you have spoken about um, is journaling, that you were big into journaling. Oh, yeah. Tell me more about that, because I think you were having your kids do that, even your students. Absolutely.
1: So... I've always been a big proponent of just writing daily, which is easier for me to do when I would show up in my classroom because every day we would do a music journal. So I'd put on a piece of music and sometimes it was classical and sometimes it had lyrics and sometimes it didn't and sometimes it was country and sometimes it was rock and sometimes it was... You never knew what you were going to end up with uh, from day to day in in my classroom. So we would start the day and we would journal and I would journal with my first class and then we would share out if people wanted to share, you know, a bit or a word or a line or a phrase or read the entire thing. And some of my kids really surprised me throughout the years and a lot of them I would loop because I was in a middle school so I would teach them language arts from 6th to 7th to 8th grade and just watching their journey from you know 6th grade all the way through 8th grade some of them would literally blow my mind. They would bring me into tears. Like we would just get real and authentic behind the doors of our classroom. And they knew that and they knew it was a safe place. So back when I was 28, I can't math that right now. Um, I, it's too much math. I Got awarded a scholarship to Kent State's National Writing Project. And uh, one of the first pieces that we wrote at, during the five weeks that I was there was a copy change, which is where you take uh, an original piece of poetry written by someone else and you kind of pull out their personal information and you interject your own information into it. So I did a copy change of a poem, which of course I can't remember the name of right now, but. Um, oh, where I'm from. So it talks about, you know, your history and how your history creates your present day reality. And I am convinced that writing that copy changed 100% changed my entire life. Writing one poem changed my whole life. In that poem, I sorted out my past and I realized that I was really not disappointed, but sad that my father had missed out on such an incredible life that I was building. Um, Like I said at the beginning, he always wanted a boy, and it ends up that I ended up with three boys. So I know that that I feel sad for my boys that they're missing out on that grandfatherly relationship. But lucky for me, my father-in-law is probably one of the most incredible humans I have ever met on this planet. So I lucked out not only with a great husband, but his wonderful family. So, you know, everything always ends up right in the end.
0: Right. Right. And it sounds like that one written experience that you had helped you to get out of your history and get into your destiny. Ooh,
1: we were just talking about that quote. I love how you brought that full circle. Absolutely. Oh, it totally did. Because when you get things from your brain, down your arm, through the pen, onto the paper, you can see them with a critical eye that you can't do when they're just floating around in your mind. You can see things that you never would have connected. Lots of dots become, you know, connected and you can come full circle and look at your life and look at what you've written and go, oh, my gosh, like I never would have made this conclusion or connected these things in any way, shape or form had I not written them down.
0: Right. You start to see a pattern. Absolutely.
1: And when you don't censor what you write when you just let it go and let it flow and don't worry about spelling and grammar and punctuation and stuff like that, the amount of good content that you can get from that
0: is astronomical. That is wonderful. And what's even better is that you were able to share this tool with so many kids who I'm sure needed it. And I hope are using it to help them get through they're difficult lives that I imagine they're living.
1: They really are, and um, I'm really good friends with a number of them just through social media. And they've reached out to me um, both uh, on private messaging and through my, you know, Facebook page or Instagram. That I had a major influence on their life, and they remember showing up every day and how excited they were to be, you know, in our safe space, and how I, you know, I would. Just be willing and open and honest with my backstory and how it helped them understand that no matter where they come from, no matter what situations that they had in their past, that they can rise above. Because, you know, back where I grew up in Prepple County, which very few people are probably going to understand where that is, where? it's about 25 <laughs> minutes north of Miami University, um, which is where I ended up getting my bachelor's from. Um you know education we were blessed with wonderful teachers but you know not everybody down there valued education it was a very you know farming community and you know sometimes some people just weren't interested in getting that high school diploma so for me that was like the first benchmark to get my diploma not that it was a difficult one but i knew that getting that diploma would lead me down the road to, you know, going to college and to getting an education and to building that dream that
0: I had for myself. Good for you. And going right into that resiliency tool of having that dream. So despite that adversity of having that abusive father who had addiction issues and um, wasn't present for you, you persevered and were able to still pursue your dream to get your education get your degree and and get out get out of that little podunk town of yours and i still love my little
1: podunk town it's it's home it's my roots like sure. i get it like i listen to country songs and i connect to them in a way that my husband looks at me and he just doesn't get it because he's not from there um you know definitely small town living is there's something to it. Like I couldn't live there now, but um, I do love going back. I love seeing my friends that are still there. I love visiting my mom. I love walking out in the country. Like it's just an entirely different
0: vibe. So. So were you a small town girl living living in a lonely lonely world?
1: world? (laughs) Man, I (laughs) took that midnight train going anywhere. I sure did.
0: Um, Don't stop believing. That's right. That's Casey's song.
1: (laughs) But it's funny that you say that because I knew even when I was in college, because I was going for my um my degree in elementary education like I knew that I wanted to work in Cleveland. I knew that I wanted to work in Cleveland City Schools. Like I didn't want to be in the suburbs. I didn't want to be, you know, in a rich district. Um I knew that that was where I was needed most and when they Cleveland City Schools came down and interviewed before we even graduated. And I got hired in April and didn't graduate until August. But it was great because I knew that I had a job. And it was exactly I took one interview and signed my contract within 45 minutes. Wow. I knew exactly like, again, it was just meant to be. So I knew exactly where I was going to go. I knew exactly what I was going to do. And it was it was my dream coming true. Like,
0: So that's what brought me up here. And it's interesting because, you know, when you have a dream, your behaviors align with your dreams. And so, so many people are lost out there because they don't have that dream and their behaviors thus are very scattered, unaligned, going in all different directions. But when you're going through adversity, face difficult times, and you're telling yourself, I still need to do this. I still want these these things in my life, you align your behaviors like, you know what, I'm not going to be a drug addict like my father. I'm not going to be an alcoholic. And I am not going to ever allow myself in a relationship like that, which when you and I have talked, I mean, you were determined to never be in a relationship like what your mother had with your father, and you're not. Well,
1: and it's so hard because as teenagers, you know, you go through all those relationships where you figure out all the things you don't want. In a partner. Um, and I definitely had some relationships that weren't the healthiest for me. But it took one major relationship in my life. Um, it, it was just cyclic, like we just kept coming back to each other and back to each other. And we knew it wasn't right. And everybody around us knew it wasn't right. Um, but it took a major event for me to see that I was, in fact, in the same relationship, that my mother was in with my father,
0: oh, so you and did, it was okay. like
1: the it was like somebody turned on all the lights in the stadium in my head at that exact moment, and I was like, oh my gosh, no, I'm done. Okay, fine. Good Lots, for you. Yes, yes,
0: absolutely. Sometimes people repeat the cycle, and sometimes people break the cycle. So you well, I think I had
1: to do a little bit of repeating in order sure. to break it because people can tell you all all day long that this is not the right person for you. But until you really feel it in your heart and in your soul, or until something happens, some important event, then you don't see it, right? You don't want to see it.
0: No, absolutely not. You have to you have to be the master of your destination. You have to make those decisions. Absolutely. And, And those are great learning experiences. Like I don't I'm not upset about any relationship I had. I don't look back with regrets for anything. I really
1: have no regrets
0: either. Because
1: everything in the past has put you here today with your current, you know, reality. So everything in your past has shaped you into the person that you are today. So without those bad experiences or whatever, um, you wouldn't have learned the lessons that you learned. So, yeah, I I 100% agree with you Mm -hmm. on that.
0: They make you appreciative. You know, you are appreciative. You're you're grateful for the person that you're with because you've seen how things could be really awful, and so you're not nitpicky. You just you're just a grateful person. You know, you walk around, you know, with your gratitude.
1: Uh, exactly. I was just gonna I was gonna connect those dots for you there. If you weren't gonna go there. <laughs> oh
0: yes, I love the gratitude. We named Greta because she's a very grateful person and finds the good in life and the good in her experiences. And that gratitude means the, the world. It gets you started every day. I mean, we should start every day with. I'm sitting here with my gratitude journal she, she right in front, front of, right in front of us. Her gratitude journal that is over half filled. Yeah, it's, it's jam packed, thick, thick. It's beautiful. Thanks. I love that you have it. Every
1: day, different color, highlights, little pictures. Again, just simple things. And it's not, you know, I'm grateful for my husband. It's, you know, I'm grateful for my Nespresso maker because it makes amazing coffee. And that gets me started in the day with a smile and, you know, gets my children off to school on the right foot. And everybody left today happy and things like that. Just a simple little itty-bitty things. I think if you can practice recognizing and appreciating the small things in life, then that makes room and invites bigger
0: things to be grateful for. I completely agree. Sometimes I I think that God's up there going, oh, my God, I know, I heard you already. You're thankful. (laughs) Okay, your father's mobility, his memory, his independence, like I go on and on. Then I'm like, thank you for the fan. I love the fan. Got to have that fan. Needed that new fan. I'm so grateful for this fan. He's like, all right, enough. It's kind of like Santa Claus uh, and the home of the Christmas story. Like, once that just pushed me down the... Down the slide. Down the slide. Like enough. <laughs> I just start like my my day, the first 15 minutes. Thank you for this and that. And I'm so grateful. But again,
1: look at what a beautiful life that we both have, you know, and I think that that comes from being grateful. You know, there's so many people out there that do nothing but harp on negativity and bad things, which we all could do. But when you take and flip the coin over to the other side, it's awful
0: shiny. It sure is shiny. It's awesome. I love your gratitude. I love gratitude. Well, I really enjoyed interviewing you, Greta. This is my first interview. How do you
1: feel experience. being on that side of the mic?
0: I love it. I love it. I love learning about people. I love hearing people's stories. And I tell teachers that I work with, you know, every child has a story. Everybody has a story. Everybody
1: has a story. We're
0: all ticking because of our stories. We're doing things either we're doing things really well and kindly and with gre- gratitude, I can't even say <laughs> gratitude because of gratitude. It with, doesn't
1: exist anymore. It's with, just gratitude. With gratitude. I just said it the wrong way.
0: <laughs> with gratitude, you know, or people are struggling. And you can tell, you know, the people that are struggling are are just don't have the resiliency factors down pat just yet. And I hope that this podcast and these stories that we share inspire others and help them to say, oh, you know what? It's time to get out of my history and into my destiny. Like, why do I keep allowing that to control me? And you were a perfect example of showing others that I'm not going to let that control me. So I really appreciate you being here today. Thanks, Casey. Until next time, don't stop believing. Gotta keep on dancing. Today's takeaway point after my interview with Greta Fector was that she certainly did believe and had the courage to leave her toxic relationship with her father. And she had that love in her life, her mother, who served as a role model to her. Greta certainly knew how to relax as she was able to get away from watching her three kids sometimes and go to, you know, yoga and friendlies. And Greta certainly showed that you can still follow your dreams despite your adversity as she went on to finish college, getting her bachelor's degree and master's degree, despite having an abusive, drug addict, alcoholic father. Most importantly, we learn from Greta to get out of your history and get into your destiny.
1: Today's gratitude is get into the habit of asking yourself, does this support the life I'm trying to create?
0: Well, that's it for today's pep talk. We hope today's guest empowered you to live the best version of you, despite your adversity. Remember, we all have to eat the crap sandwich, but you can still enjoy dessert. So keep on dancing and don't stop believing.